This is Brian Oaks, and I'm a sales agronomist for CHS Ag Services in Erskine, Minnesota. We are pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network, CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Wednesday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Randy Conan. We'll also hear reports from Sierra Doctor and Whitney Pittman. The Spiritwood Soybean Crush Processing Plant uh, Green uh, Bison Energy held their ribbon cutting yesterday. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Sierra Doctor has more. Over 150 people from the soybean industry attended the ribbon cutting for the soy processing facility in Spiritwood. The plant started receiving soybeans in September of this year. Green Bison President Mike Keller says the plant is not at full capacity just yet. Yeah, so our capacity in Spiritwood's 150,000 bushels per day. Uh, we're currently running soybeans not at full capacity, uh, but uh, that's our, our max would be 150,000. Uh, we have storage on site as well that can handle obviously a lot more than uh, what we run on a capacity from a day perspective. But uh, but overall, yes, we're processing today. So once we receive that soybean, we'll store it and uh, we'll process that product uh, into a refined soybean oil that'll be used by uh, our partner, Marathon. Keller says besides the soybean oil, they'll also produce a soybean pellet for livestock consumption. So it's a higher fiber product, that's a quarter inch pellet, that'll work well into your uh, beef rations across the state of North Dakota. In the last probably 60 days, we've more, been more focused on selling our product to our end customer, if that's soybean meal or the soybean hull pellet. Um, so yes, we have uh, customers that have purchased product and they can reach out to us uh, at a 800 number or also look us up online where they can email us if they're interested to purchase our products as well. So it's, I would say to your, to your question, soybean hull pellets will be consumed more locally um, as it's just a smaller percentage of our overall product. Reporting agriculture's business. I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. North Dakota Soybean Council Director J.P. Luke farms in the Spiritwood, North Dakota area. Luke is excited to have a new soybean processing plant in his backyard. Personally for us, it's just the location is way closer, so we reduce our trip back and forth to the elevator by 25 miles. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's great for us in that regard, um, and it's, and it's going to be good as the... Uh, little competition right now. Or little, uh, so far the basis has been a little better so hopefully that hangs on. And Luke says his marketing plans were changed up a bit when the plant opened. So actually when I started I mean this was just getting off the ground or whatever and, and so it's, it's neat to finally see it come alive I guess and, and uh, the fact that we'll be able to uh, possibly keep some of the soybeans in the state and, and add some value. Normally we've went to uh, local elevators in, in Rogers or Valley City is where we primarily go but I mean this year it's different because this is now available and, and like I said earlier it's uh, closer so we'll be probably coming to this place quite frequently. USDA expects wheat and corn prices to see year-over-year -year price declines. USDA Outlook Board Chair Mark Jekinowski says the average wheat price is estimated at $7.20 a bushel. It's a dollar sixty-three lower than last year. Pretty sharp year-over-year uh, -year declines. Production is up, but uh, also exports continue to be historically low. The U.S. Is, has not been very competitive in export markets lately, and um, we're at a 
about a 50-year low in terms of our exports. So with higher production and relatively lower global demand for U.S. wheat, that's been uh, pressuring prices. And the corn market will be uh, pressured by this season's record large harvest. Market prices are, are low. We can see that in the futures markets and the cash prices that farmers are, are receiving right now. And right now, as of November, we're uh, forecasting $4.85 per bushel, so down about almost $1.70 from last year. 43% of the nation's topsoil now rated short to very short of moisture. USDA meteorologist Brad Rippey says most of that is in the deep south and southeast. The biggest story is the flash drought or the short-term drought in the southeast. Over 80% topsoil moisture very short to short in several states across the deep south, including Louisiana, at 88%, Mississippi 84%, and the highest in the nation, Alabama, coming in this week at 89%. Those numbers are pretty high all the way to the Atlantic seaboard. Rippy says that dry weather pattern, though, has allowed for a very good harvest pace. Get the latest farm news, weather anytime. Listen to Red River Farm Network podcasts. You can find those at rrfn.com or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Wednesday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network, a recent webinar hosted by the National Integrated Drought Information System and NOAA painted a more positive outlook for the Mississippi River this fall. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Whitney Pittman has more. Two different models are showing that water levels should be on the rise this fall. Lower Mississippi River Forecast Center hydrologist Jeff Grashel says the lower part of the river shouldn't see water levels as low as earlier this year for the next 28 days. What we're kind of seeing right now is that we're currently at that minus five foot level and right now, at least the mean from all those ensembles are kind of keeping us around that level as we go into the early parts of December. So um, if this is right, uh, we, we do anticipate that we're not going to see the record levels that we had back in October. More extended forecasts also show improvement. Another uh, model that we have is our upstream office River Forecast Center at the Ohio River Forecast Center. They're able to run a 43-day uh, kind of a climate model and, and run through scenarios and ensembles to kind of give us an idea of what they're seeing out in the future as well. And that model is also trying to give us some good indications that uh, as we go into November and then through the middle portions of December, that model is also showing uh, indications that we should be rising here over the next uh, several weeks to a month period of time. Reporting agriculture's business, I'm Whitney Pittman on the Red River Farm Network. January soybeans were able to close above overhead resistance yesterday. Van On and Company market analyst Christy Van On says that opens the door for the soybean market to make a push higher. 1380 has been a really tough level to get through for soybeans. Um, we are back above it today. We closed above it yesterday struggled and then now we're back above it so this is big if we can get through 1380 it opens up some targets to 14 to 1430 on the chart for the january soybeans um you have march soybeans knocking on 14 dollars door actually got all the way up to 1399 and three quarters and found some selling pressure we'll see if we're able to get that but the story is still alive and well it just kind of feels a little stale at this point 
Uh, January soybeans currently trading at 13.93. Van Ons is the corn and wheat markets just riding on the coattails of the soybeans. For corn and wheat, they seem to be kind of along for the ride. They don't have a lot of uh, backing, especially corn on the fundamental side. Um, we're trying to kind of round out this bottom for corn, and hopefully we can get something done here. Um, but for the most part, when you look at it kind of 480 is the same level as at 1380. It's caused a little bit of problems for corn um, moving forward. Wheat market continues to waffle back and forth searching for fresh news. Progressive ag marketing market analyst Tom Lilja thinks some of the pressure that's in the wheat market is coming from managed money. CFTC data showed managed money with a record net short in Minneapolis futures, about 31,000 contracts short. And if you look at the all-grain data, uh, this is the largest short for managed money since right after COVID hit back in 2020. So there's just a negative, negative stance on the, on the part of the funds uh, towards the grain complex in general. Minnesota Farmers Union hosting their annual meeting and convention starting on Friday uh, in Minneapolis. Vice President Ann Schwegel expects policy discussions to cover issues from uh, farm bill to climate change and corporate consolidation. Top of everyone's mind, of course, is getting a farm bill done. And while I know that there are rumors that there might be a farm bill extension, you know, we really want are advocating for a farm bill done right and not just a farm bill done right now. Through our resolutions process, we've heard from members all around the state who, you know, are really passionate, of course, about climate change and protecting our democracy and voting issues as well as, you know, kind of looking ahead at how family farmers can kind of uh, push back against this wave of corporate consolidation in agriculture. Schwegel looks forward to hearing from state leadership and highlighting Minnesota products. I'm looking forward to hearing from, uh, from our state representatives. I know we'll be um, welcoming both chairs of the Ag Committees in the House and the Senate from Minnesota, as well as I would be remiss if I didn't mention the really great Minnesota-grown food that we have of our, at our state convention, purchased almost exclusively from family farmers across the state. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Good morning. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. Bayer Crop Protection Field Sales Representative Ann Nalawaya says now is the time to be evaluating your 2023 weed control program and beginning plant, uh, planning for 2024. Evaluate where those resistant weeds pockets are. Mark them, pin them. And then when you're, you're combining, you're going to obviously look at your yield data. And we've had a couple of, uh, they, they're called Delaro showcases where we've had farmers put on Delaro, Delaro complete on soybeans and corn for two years in a row, and we compare it untreated, and we are seeing unbelievable success with that program. And it, and if anybody wants to have a one-on-one -on -one, um, a discussion with it or a small group meeting, uh, we are open to it. Myself, my counterpart is Adam Sip, and we would more than willingly do that. Nalawaias' producers using the NDSU extension weed control recommendations have seen great results. When they use that NDSU plan approach of Extendamax as a pre, plus whatever pre you want to use, and then sugar beet country, we usually put Valor in there, or if you're outside of sugar beet authority products, and we saw some excellent weed control results. So definitely growers need to reevaluate their weed control and see what 
resistant leases come through and try a different planned approach in order to, to be successful because I'm not the only person that harvested water hemp through the combine. I know this. <laughs> The National Milk Producers Federation, National Pork Producers Council, and the Coalition for Renewable Natural Gas want to see the continuation of a tax credit for renewable natural gas. The RNG tax credit was part of the Inflation Reduction Act to reduce greenhouse gas emissions and promote agriculture's role in addressing climate change. The support for the tax credit is in response to pressure from environment and animal rights activist groups to end that tax incentive for RNG produced from livestock manure. Checking markets before we leave you this morning. We are seeing mostly uh, a mixed bag here with wheat in Minneapolis right now unchanged. Chicago wheat's up a quarter of a penny. Kansas City a penny and a quarter higher. Corn is down a penny and a quarter. And the soybeans trading a couple of pennies higher here this morning. Canola trading up over $10 a metric ton higher as well. On the farm calendar. The uh, farm to school meetings uh, are, have been scheduled from the North Dakota Department of Agriculture. The next one coming up uh, November 21st, that is next Tuesday, that'll be in Williston. The State Board of Animal Health, North Dakota State Board of Animal Health uh, meeting today, that'll be at the state capitol. Also APUC meeting today as well, that will be, in, I believe that's in Devil's Lake. Let me see if I got that here. Yep, uh, it'll be at the Woodland Center, uh, Woodland Resort. That gets underway at 2.30 this afternoon for the North Dakota Ag Products Utilization Council meeting. Also coming up tomorrow, North Dakota Stockman's Association Seed, uh, Seed Stock Council virtual seminar. That uh, gets, uh, is uh, on the calendar for tomorrow. Also coming up, the Minnesota Farm Bureau Federation's annual meeting. Uh, beginning on Friday, we've got the Minnesota Farm Bureau, Minnesota Farmers Union, South Dakota Farmers Union, North Dakota Farmers Union, all holding meetings this weekend. Thanks for joining us. This is the Red River Farm Network.